Hello and welcome to the Flying Frisbee podcast with me, Dominic Frisbee, and I'm sitting in my garden uh, with a friend of mine who's come for lunch, Campbell Smythe, and Campbell is on the board of, I think, six uh, junior mining companies. He's uh, made his fortune and probably lost his fortune and made it again in junior mining, and I just thought it would be a valuable exercise, not only for both of us, but also for you, um, to just talk about the state of junior mining generally, because... It is such a difficult industry at the moment, and it's it's so easy when the markets are kind, but at the moment they are not kind. What, what do you make of things at the moment, Campbell? Um, look, it's a very tough market, and there's no place that's tougher than in the TSX and CSC listed listed companies. And we have a a strange two tier market where everything that is battery metals, rare earths, and lithium is attracting investor attention and everything that is not is just being ignored. And there are quality gold stories, nickel stories, and copper things, which I think really deserve some attention, which are not getting rated. Um, just on to what I do, I'm a non-executive director of those companies and my background is a fund manager. Uh, so I have a reasonable knowledge of markets and what I do is I help boards out who are looking for investor attention and I help them raise capital and bring my investor base to them, which is why I've worked with these companies. So typically my involvement with these particular entities has come through them being IPOs where I've been asked by broker to help out as a friend. Uh, I've taken a personal position between five and 10% of the company and I will help the company move forward to acquiring a project of merit and bring in investors and then hopefully bring in a larger investor base, which will then rewrite the share price. So that's, that's my involvement with the listed entities. Um, but I've been an investor for a long time. Um, look, it's, it's back to your original question. It's, it's pretty tough out there. I mean, we have, the ASX is probably my, my area of expertise. So I'll stick with that. Um, I, I'm, I'm watching every single junior company struggle to raise capital right now. And yet we have a strange dichotomy where you've got lithium companies in Australia, which have attracted a lot of capital being Pilbara, um, uh, uh being the, 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 the poster child for that. Pilbara just posted a $2.4 billion profit on its production. And that was a startup company seven, eight years ago, which I was a founding investor of. And that share price went from one cent to nearly $7.50 or something crazy. And now it's a major company and the lithium space is still yielding massive returns. So we've had a discovery recently in Australia, Azure Minerals, which has gone from 10 cents to nearly $2.50. Uh, and it's supposed to be the biggest pegmatite spodumene lithium discovery in West Australia. So it's, it's already had one takeover bid. That's attracting more capital, um, and the brokers are getting very, very focused on on just a few stories, which is incredibly frustrating as an investor and as a a director of these companies. Because what you want to do is bring some of that capital to you. And <clears throat> the um, I tell you what amazes yeah. me about lithium is you know every few years or every year almost you get the sort of the cool commodity, if you like. Uh, you know, one year it was graphene, another year it was uranium, another year it was uh, potash, you know, you get the sort of helium and, and, you know, 
that commodity and the, the companies exploring for that commodity and producing that commodity have their little day in the sun. And that happened with lithium. And I want to say it was maybe 2015 to 2017, something like that. And then lithium sort of died a death. And then it literally, if you look at the lithium chart of lithium companies, it sort of took off again right at the beginning of the coronavirus lows. Mm. And it just hasn't stopped. And, you know, other commodities sort of turned around and died a death shortly after Putin invaded Ukraine. But again, lithium just carries on. And then the end of last year, I remember writing a piece, The End of Lithium. And it sort of had a big pullback. You know, the lithium price fell a bit. China demand came down, all the rest of it. And now it's come back again. Well, the um, the lithium carbonate price is the one that's the meaningful one, and that's that's the one that gets used in batteries. So, uh, the easiest supplied um, material for lithium carbonate is spodumene, which is why the West Australian lithium companies have had such a big run, and that's why Pilbara has made so much money. But it's, I mean, there's been other ones like Patriot Battery Metals, which was one of these companies that came out of nowhere, which went from twenty cents to $18 or something insane. Um, and that is Canada's currently biggest um, pegmatite. Um, there will be other projects like that. I mean, I, I, I've i got one in, in Africa that I'm a shareholder of is Afritin. Oh, it's changed its name now to Andrada. Okay. And, um, you know, they, it was a tin miner doing very well. And then they discovered lithium and then the, the, but that's, it transformed the company. It's it's so frustrating. I mean, this is, this is one of the problems is like you... You, you want the market to be symmetric and actually recognize value. It does not. Um, we've got a situation in West Australia where the biggest discoveries we've had are all exotic metals. There's one called, um, uh, I should have a kind of The ticket stock code is WA1 and it's, it's a niobium discovery in the Aranto, which is the absolute boondocks. Like there is no more remote place in Australia. And that stock has gone from 10 cents to five bucks. So, so she discovered inovium. Niobium. Niobium. What is that? Niobium is a metal which gets used for uh, for um, hardening and okay. and battery technology and some special high tech applications. But it's it's one of these things where you go, it is such an exotic. And why is the stock run? Uh, it's the deposit is big. It's reasonable grade. Um, it's not as good as the one in Africa in Malawi, which I've forgotten the name of the company. But that's um, that has also been a great discovery. But for some reason, investors have just become cherry pickers where they go, I want to be in this commodity. And rare earths have been another really, really irritating patch because there is no shortage of lithium, rare earths, or niobium. But what the market wants is deliverable yeah. commodities. And, and this is why West Australia, for all its faults, has been a good place to invest up until now. And this is something which I'm actually discovered myself because... Our state government decided in its infinite wisdom it was going to pass a law where you were going to be required to file an Aboriginal anthropological survey on residential property. So literally, if you dug below 50 centimetres of your own ground, of your own title, you're going to have to pay an expert to come and tell you whether there was an anthropological problem. And people went insane. And what it did was it, it was another layer of bureaucracy on another layer of bureaucracy, which used to be able to get things done in West Australia, and suddenly it's become untenable. So I would have put West Australia as the preeminent mining destination on the planet about three years ago. I'd actually rank it probably in number five. Um, I went to Europe uh, recently looking at battery metals for 
It's a rejuvenated ASX company. And we found two incredible deals, one in Slovakia, one in Sweden. And I can't disclose what it is because basically it's a great project and we've just been frustrated by the ASX on this. So I'm, I'm extremely irritated by our exchange. But the projects were exceptional and I was really impressed by the fact that in Sweden I could get a draw rig and drill in a week's time. I could get a mining permit and as long as I managed the social issues, which is the biggest issue there, uh, I could operate. And in Slovakia, um, it was manganese and it was incredible projects. And I looked at it and said, could I actually build an open pit mine in this place? Yes, I could. There was one across the valley, which had just been permitted. So so one of the ironies is that Australia, for all its, its supposed expertise in mining and its, its incredible capital depth, um, has become a bureaucratic pain in the bum. It's really difficult. So, so one of the biggest issues we have going forward is to find a project in a jurisdiction where you can develop and you can actually operate. Uh, and this is a big threat to every every company operating in a Western country because you've got green tape, you've got red tape, and you've got bureaucratic tape. And West Australia, for all what it, it has a reputation of being pro-business, is not suddenly. And and that's that's a big problem. Downgrade Western Australia. You yep. heard it here. So, so, and I live in Perth, and uh, I'd love to say something positive, but our government is not friendly to mining. Um, anyway, that will not last forever. Um, so, I'm looking at countries. So, look, we, we've just had we've just had a couple of shells which we've uh, managed to cash up, and the sort of deals we're looking at. Uh, look, I, I wanted to buy projects in top tier mining destinations, and my view is that this is still, for all its faults. Quebec, Ontario, Nevada, um, a couple other states in America, but not many, and a few places in Europe. And Mexico? No, it's too dangerous. And also there's a problem in Mexico, there's a lot of money and that's in competition with you. So you have issues with title, you have the the locals are very cashed up, They, you are competing against people who are very good. South America generally? Um, look, Argentina, that is a fascinating result yeah. in that election. I love that. I have no idea what that guy's going to do. Um, we operate a company called Norseman Silver, which is a exploration company down there. And my feeling is that I'd like to put a lot more money in that area because I, I just look at Argentina and think it's it's at the cusp of changing. Yeah, maybe like how many times does Argentina have to destroy itself and suddenly, mind you, I felt like that when I saw Quasi Quarteng's budget. Oh, no. <laughs> but, I, but, but, but I look at Argentina, I just go, it, it is one of the absolute mining jewels of the planet. I, I've I've been there many times and we've found so many great projects. We've had three or four companies taken over. Um, it has been a wonderful place to invest. And if we have a government that is actually mining friendly, it is spectacular. I would love to put more money and more time there. Um, Chile's managed to shoot itself in the foot with that stupid lithium yeah. um, uh, law. Uh, we operate a company called Macro Metals, which has a really interesting pro um, option or a project there. We're not confident that the government's going to change its its policy quickly, so we're we're feeling a little uncertain about that. Um, but the 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 assets in and mine and mining projects in Chile are, are exceptional. So I, I like Chile, but I would rather go there for copper. Yeah, just because well, it's less political. Let's talk about copper now, yep. um, because when you were talking about lithium, I was thinking about copper. Now, you know, the obvious explanation for the boom in lithium is the electrification of everything. And that's why lithium demand is perceived to be going to increase because of, you know, battery technology and so on. Well, then surely copper, the same arguments apply to copper. And as soon as you look at the fundamentals of copper, what copper demand is, what copper 
um, suppliers, the amount of new discoveries in copper, the amount of projected. You just go, copper has to do well. And yet it sort of perennially fails to deliver. The the copper market baffles me. I, I need to understand it better. Um, I've been told that we need to find a Grassberg every two months to supply the world's um, copper demand. And yet the copper price doesn't advance. There is, there's a lot of arguments on this. The strength in the US dollar has hurt every commodity in the last couple of months. Um, my personal favorite commodity right now is oil, just because no one likes it. And I think it's incredibly short supply and easily, easy deliverability. And oil companies are probably the cheapest equities out there. I, so. I sat down with a couple of fund managers, you know, not necessarily commodities guys last week, and we were discussing, you know, a do-nothing portfolio for the next two years. What is, what is essential? And the first thing they both said was oil. Just buy shelf, just sit there and own, own it, take a dividend. Because yeah. I think the oil price will be easily over $120. Easy. Um, yeah. uh, it's like gold should be over 2000 but it's not. Um, I, I think oil fundamentally needs to rise. Um, let's, be, let's be honest, I don't think the world's getting safer. I think that if anything, we've got every chance of a big, bigger conflict breaking out. There is no way the, the, the incompetence running the, the governments we've got right now are going to manage things peacefully. Um, so I, I think if anything, let's look for more risk, not less. Um, and so that means US oil supplies is got to be interesting for equities um, just because it's there and it's safe. Thank you for listening and to hear the rest of the show in full. Please upgrade your subscription.